Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Adjacent. You're listening to the Sports Adjacent. Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent. With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network. We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. Um, a couple things before we start. I lied. There's not a couple things. Uh, <laughs> that's a great way to start. I do want to ask you guys something. So, have you guys ever been on a date with yourself? What does that even mean? It means exactly what I just said. Have you ever taken yourself... Have you, Jason Leisure, ever taken Jason Leisure on a date? I, I don't think so, but I don't understand your question well enough. I mean, maybe. I didn't call it that for sure. You might not call it that, but it's, have you ever taken yourself Help out? me out. Help me out. Explain. Explain. Right, what so, spoiled yourself? Like, right. have a... Have a... Yeah, like, have, have, like, have Russ, Russ, you take yourself downtown. You, you get in a carriage ride by yourself. I'll, okay, you go I'll, out to I'll a fancy you, Italian dinner by yourself. You buy yourself I'll, flowers. I'll Okay, right. So <laughs> that's funny. But um, so the other night I'm like, you know what? I have a night. I don't have baseball. I don't have to think about things. I'm going to take myself out on a date. So I go to one of the nicest steakhouses in the Phoenix metro area, have a glass of wine, have a great steak, chill, like think of I got a lot of stuff going on that I'm thinking about and just like kind of have a night for me because I feel like you don't. I think as people, we don't take enough time sometimes for ourselves and go through like, you know, what we need to do and mentally like recharge and reset and think about. Okay, things yes. that so I'm asking, do you guys do that? I feel like you say all that, but I bet you just sat there on your phone the whole time. Incorrect. Really? What yeah. did you do? You just sat there and thought your thoughts and ate a 32 ounce steak. Yeah. <laughs> all right. No, it, I, I just like, there's, so much, so much of my life is my phone. I, I turned my phone on do not disturb because I didn't want people to text me or call me while I'm doing these things. That sounds nice. That sounds pretty good. I, I don't think that I do that unless I'm on the road because I have too many obligations probably to fit that in very often between work, family, f- friends, all that stuff. It's hard to squeeze in. If it's, I did, I, it's definitely if more- I did though. I would treat myself well. Yeah, I'd be someone you should. That I wanted to go out with again. I'd be like, <laughs> that guy. That guy was great. It's definitely more of a of a single person thing, but I do think it's important to like get to know yourself. Part of you know loving yourself and 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 you know, I think the big thing is you can't love somebody else if you don't love yourself first, right? And I'm going to let that marinate as I'm letting it marinate. Welcome to sports adjacent. Um, I'm going to get a tattoo of that. If you can't love yourself, you can't love someone else. You should. I, I think I, it's yeah, funny, I'll, but I, the quote, I'll put Russ Dorsey like you invented it. I like how you, you say that like you thought of it. 
You're like, yeah, you know what? And you no, know what I definitely came, not. You know no, what no, conclusion no, no, no. I arrived to at the end of dinner with myself? <laughs> in the, at, it was on this. my date with myself? Right. It was no, the most I, cliche I, thing I, ever. I do. It might be cliche, but I think it's true. <laughs> uh, welcome to Sports Adjacent. I am the aforementioned Russ Dorsey drinking the Chicago out of the Chicago mug. Jason Leisure uh, sporting a nice uh, dry fit Nike zip up. I you like to run song. after this. Oh, sweet. Um, and Tony Gill, the growing in popularity as the weeks go by, Tony Gill, who I probably get more text messages about Tony than our podcast itself. Ruining the show for us, saving it for everyone else. People love the Tony, the- man. I don't, I, don't know what to, I don't know what to tell you. People love the Tony. I, you know what pisses me off? I'm reading the reviews, and one of the reviews is just like, Tony's the star of the pod. <laughs> and I kind of got salty because I'm like, yo, Tony's on like 30 podcasts. So don't eat <laughs> these hijacking podcasts one at a time. Uh, but no, nah, I, I, I know that that's what would make you mad, though, because you, you absolutely envision yourself as the star of the podcast. <laughs> it's, it's my podcast. <laughs> like, yes, I do. No, nah, I call it I, a russent or something like that. Listen, I, <laughs> Russell, I we appreciate Tony and I, I enjoy that people enjoy Tony because Tony is making people around the country laugh as much as he makes us laugh. And I think that's the best. Um, before we get started, I want to just say uh, Sports Adjacent is brought to you by Obvious Shirts. They help support us. They support the podcast. Joe and the fine folks over there are, you know, support. Supporting a sh- local Chicago business means a lot to us, and it means a lot that they were our first sponsor. So go over to obviousshirts.com, go buy yourself a shirt. When this podcast comes out, it's going to be opening day. Sox fans, Cubs fans, get yourself some gear. You can use promo code adjacent10 to get 10% off your next order. A couple of things I like about them, Russ, their na- shirt is in their name, obviously, but they make some other stuff. They have masks that have some of the same sayings, the, the smart, funny sayings that are on their shirts are also on some masks. They got them on phone covers. They also have, if you have a wife, girlfriend, sister, mom, whatever, like they also have a really good selection of women's shirts. Absolutely. And you can't always find that. You can't always find good women's sports shirts and things like that. But you, you find some that are really good quality and that uh, you'll enjoy wearing over there. Plus, they, like I said, masks, phone cases. They got all kinds of stuff. They got a whole section, $14.99 and under. You can sift through that, see what you find. They've got a lot of good options on there. Obvious shirt, a, fa- uh, a brand for the people. They are. They truly are. And so go over there, get you some gear, Sport uh, adjacent 10, get 10% off. They are literally what is paying for you to be able to listen to this. That's it. There's, you don't have to pay. They're paying for you. This is coming to you. They're keeping the lights on as Russ likes to say. That's absolutely right. If if we didn't have them as our sponsor, uh, sports adjacent LLC would have been in the red (laughs) to start. And now we're not. And Jason has a light. You guys can't see, but Jason has a light on behind them. That light would be off because they literally keeping the lights on. Um, we might have stayed afloat because of our stimulus check. So, by the way, have you spent your stimulus check, Rust? Have you spent all of it? No, I put it away. Not yet. Well, that's what we're supposed to do with it. You know that. Uh, I was in a position where I didn't need to spend it. Yeah, but it's fun. Yeah, but I'm being responsible. Part of me wishes they'd have given us it in like at least part of it in. And I don't mean 
it would have been nice to get part of it in a gift card. Sometimes a gift card is better than just the money because a gift card, it's like you're obligated to go have fun with it. I know that sounds backwards because, but like if I get cash, then I'm like, all right, some of this has to go in saving some of this, whatever. But if you just give me a $500 gift card or something, there's only one place I can, there's only one thing I can do with that and it's have fun with it. Nah, I, I think, I think I can have fun with the, more have more fun with the $1,400 cash because if I put it in a gift card, then I'll feel obligated to spend it at wherever, you know what I'm saying? So sometimes I might have different intentions for parts of it, but no, I kind of am putting it aside till I have something I actually want to spend it for. Did you, you didn't buy anything fun with that? Not anything. I mean, I know no, you didn't spend I, the whole thing, but you didn't buy anything. I haven't, I haven't spent any of it. Huh? It's sitting where I, uh, hold stuff like that. Well, now you're the old person. I'm the responsible person. Like, I don't want to just, I didn't want to just spend it all just because somebody gave me $1,400 cash. Like it wasn't it is all right. What do I want to do with this? And I don't, I don't want to spend it on something dumb. So we'll see. Russ, spending it on something dumb is the whole point. That's what's fun. And you're, I mean, the point, part of the point is to pay your bills and feed your kids and whatever. Yeah. How did you go in a from being 75 years old to being a 12 year old kid that wants to spend his stimulus check on candy? That's well, what you sound like. You know? I, see, there's the problem, though. That's what I want to do. That is not what I actually did or am really like, if we're being honest, allowed to do with it. See, the, the thing that you have is you got kids. So like that. You guys double are the stimmy. doing all right over there. Yeah, <laughs> you guys are doing all right with the stimmy. In yeah, the, but in here's the, the thing. Here's the thing. Tony, have you bought anything cool, by the way? I bought shoes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Somebody <laughs> understands the whole reason that we got these things. Yeah. What did you buy? Uh, I bought some uh, some some walking shoes, some Nike uh, walking Vapor shoes. Runs, I think. Vapor what Runs. Are you, 100? <laughs> They're They're not. They won't tell. They're not walk walking shoes are what you wear. The ones you're thinking about are what you wear to the library. What Tony got is something like swag. Yeah, it's fire. Um, fire. Yeah. Paper yeah. runs are, are nice. Yeah. That sounds a lot I, more fun than Russ putting it in a savings account and watching it get 1.9% interest or whatever. The point, the point of the the point of the STEMI was to reinvigorate exactly. the economy. You're exactly. not reinvigorating the economy, Russ. Yes. All right. Thank so you. Can I tell y'all? So I was, I feel I was in a blessed enough position where I didn't need to stimulate the common economy because I was stimulating it enough, right? So I wanted to <laughs> put this aside and say, all right, I have some things that I want to do later in the year where it'll that money will come in handy, but it's just not meant for right now. Oh, Delayed I gratification. Okay, I get you, Russ. This this is the long play, Jason. This is the long. Still going to spend it on something. All fun, advertising. I'm sure. For, for the ladies, the hey, if I can't love myself, oh, I can't love you, baby. Wow. And look, look how so, how fiscally <laughs> responsible I am. Come on, now. This is all. This is not, this I'm, not, I'm not using my. I'm not what? using my fourteen hundred to fly nobody out because I know that's what you want me to say. <laughs> Spending that money to fly somebody out, I'm not doing that. To be honest, I'll I'll tell you what I'm putting it aside for. Please. So do. I think at the end of the year, I, I've been thinking about it for over a year. I want to get my first tattoo. So I've been thinking. I know just right. the phrase for it, Russ. No, I'm not getting that because <laughs> I would I would never get that on me. But I'm thinking about getting that, and so I have the the artist in mind. Uh, he's one of the best in the city, so I'm putting it aside for that. All right, that does sound fun. 
What'd you say, Tony? Black Ink Crew Chicago? Absolutely not. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, sir. No, they're not. They're not getting uh, this stimmy. They, I know. I know they probably got a lot of them. Oh, uh, fun fact. Uh, one of the stars of the original series of Black Ink Crew Chicago worked at 670 to score and interned for Lawrence Holmes. For real? Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. I guess yeah. that's a fun fact, but you, when you dropped it in, it's like there's nowhere to go for it than for us to say, for real, that's cool. Yeah, that's the, <laughs> What's the rest of it. it just, that's what he was. That's, why he said it. that's all it is. <laughs> that's why he said it. Um, that's, that's like so- an emergency break on the momentum of the show right there, Tony. Thank you. <laughs> When you, Russ, you are getting good practice though, because this is the truth is I have spent probably about half of mine, but when you're an adult, there's a big difference between grown up spending and the fun spending you get to do when you're young, because when you're an adult and you have a family and a house and all this stuff, you end up spend the things you spend money on are things you already have. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm not looking forward to that. Um, like so- I have a deck originally right in the house but in you i think have seen i think you saw the old deck i had a deck it was in not great shape we knew that when we bought it we were gonna have to replace it bought the house we're gonna have to replace the deck and then i spent a bunch of money for a new deck so i spent all this money but i had a deck and now i still have a deck or you spend a bunch of money for a washing machine or you spend a bunch of money to like get your car fixed and things like that you're spending money on things you already have you're not getting out there and buying walking shoes as tony likes to say you're buying you're you're buying basic things just to keep things running at the house like there's nothing fun or exciting about buying a new washer and dryer yes um, but that was the life you chose, Jason. Lee. Like you chose to be, <laughs> you chose to be family man, Jason Leisure at an early age. So now you are not as old as I joke that you are. So, sometimes you act like it, but you know you've de- you decided at an early age. You know what? I want to be a family man, and part of being a family man is fixing this car and and buying a washer and dryer and fixing your deck and not using your stimulus check on yourself or be able to use that to take yourself on a date. How come, how come nobody has like reinvigorated, like the buying of adult things. It's always boring. Buying a house, boring. Buying a washing dryer, boring. Like all that stuff is boring. How come nobody has figured out a way? I'd like to to see you try to find making, buying a washer, find a way to make buying a washer and dryer fun and thank you by the way for eating during this tony i appreciate that they might as well have made my stimulus check out to home depot or menards yeah. because you end up going again you end up going and buying a bunch of things to repair the stuff you already have and i i get why that's important i'm not i understand but in the end you don't have anything new and cool to enjoy you just have a washing machine like you had before yeah i i wish i had something to tell you that made you feel better about it I think it's more of a, like, Tony doesn't have this problem. I don't have that problem either. But both of us are two young single dudes. So we, I, and I don't have to worry about a wash and dryer right now. You'll get there. I spent, a, I spent a chunk of it at Menards over the weekend on yard work things. I bet neither one of you has ever actually been to Home Depot or Menards. You probably think you have. You think you've walked into that store, but you've never walked in there, like, with a project that you had to do to fix your house where you don't really know about it. And you walk in there. First thing you get when you walk in, actually, even before you walk in, I don't know if you guys have noticed this. Why 
this Home Depot and Menards copied them because it's the same thing. Why is the exit at one end of the parking lot and the entrance at the other end of the parking lot? No matter where you park to go in and probably buy some things that are big and heavy, you're parking in the wrong place. You're parking where you're either going to have a long walk to get in or a long walk to get out. And when it's cold out, that's even worse. Um, what like Is this a security measure? Are they thinking that I'm going to walk out the same way I came in and run out to my car with a roto router under my shirt or something like that, or a, just a two by four in my arm and nobody's going to notice. So a couple of things. Um, one, the fact that these are the things that you think about and that bother you, that lets you know okay. that. <laughs> Let me stop you right there. Here's why I was thinking about it because what I went and bought Saturday at Menards for the yard, all the stuff is heavy. It's giant sacks of things. It's sacks of dirt, sacks of grass seed, sacks of sphagnum moss. Like, what even is that? Who knows what that is? But it keeps the birds off the grass that you're trying to grow, I guess. So I get all these bags. Russ, this is like seven sacks of things in my cart. It's probably 60, 70 pounds. It's a small child worth of stuff. And I'm trying to get this out of the exit of Menards to the entrance, which is where I parked. I'm outside. And I catch the cart wheel in a crack or something, a pothole or whatever in the kind of the street of the parking lot. I don't know how this is even physically possible. The entire cart dumped out all of it, no. all of it, like seven sacks of things. They, I don't even know how it's possible. That it all came out. So in the end of it, I'm sit, standing there in the middle of the parking lot or like the street part of the parking lot where people are trying to drive. I'm like that ship that's blocking the Suez Canal last week. And <laughs> I've got my cart turned on its side, empty, dead empty, like the way it was born. And all these sacks of dirt and grass seed and sphagnum moss all over the ground. And thankfully, none of it ripped. So I'm like putting it all back. It's just ridiculous, man. Nobody's trying to steal a 30 pound bag of sphagnum moss from Home Depot or Menards. You'd be surprised what people want to steal, man. Like uh, I remember at uh, my old house, they used to we used to have to leave the sprinkler out at night. And they wouldn't steal the sprinkler. They would steal the piece of the sprinkler that moves the sprinkler and leave the sprinkler. That's efficient. I like that. That's surgical like take thievery. the sprinkler. I would I found it disrespectful that you didn't deem our sprinkler good enough to steal, but the piece that you stole was good enough. I got a good one for you on that. I know a guy, this is like 20 years ago back in New Orleans, where uh getting your car broken into is you know, pretty much a regular occurrence. At least it was at the time. This guy got his car broke into. They stole everything, left his entire music, all of it. This is back when they had CDs, so you'd have your music in the car. He left all his music, and he felt just like you. He felt insulted. I think you just wanted to vent about dumping out that dirt. And it was horrible. Now that you, now that you have, how do you feel? I feel a little bit better, but I, I mean, that's that's outside the store, like let alone what happens when you're inside the store, because I can tell you guaranteed the first time you have to ask somebody a question, which I do because I didn't grow up. And I, I don't say this as a negative about my parents, but I just didn't learn a lot of this stuff. They, I, we, I didn't grow up in a house where I was being taught how to fix things around the house or, you know, repair a door hinge or something like, like you that. Went to the library, huh? You're right. I could have. That would have been very helpful, Tony. You're right. Excellent callback. The first thing you do is you're going to walk in there and ask the guy, hey, what do I need? Because my toilet won't flush. And they'll be, and then you're going to be met with not an answer, but condescension. Guaranteed. The first thing you're going to get is, 
every you, know, you might the guy is every ounce of what he's saying is I know more about this than you. Yeah, of course. That's why I'm the dummy in here asking you about it. You've had you've definitely had this on your chest for a while. Well, now. that's the experience that you haven't had because you've probably never walked in there without one of your parents. Um, incorrect. When I moved really? to my apartment, I'm, I'm I'm living in my apartment by myself. Sometimes I need to fix things. Sometimes I need to buy things. Yeah, I go into Home Depot by myself, but I'm not crying about the dirt that I dumped <laughs> out in the middle of the street. So I got I, I'm uh, just. I got some cereal one time that for some reason only they sold at Menards that I really liked. Some what? So I went there a couple of times to get cereal. You said cereal? Yeah. They had like, like this breakfast cereal. Yeah. Like the s'more cereal brand. Like for some reason, it was the only place in the area that I can get this cereal. So I would just make frequent trips just to get cereal. <laughs> I will say the one thing I do know about Menards, they have this crazy like food selection, like a yeah. uh, section of yeah. Menards. Mm-hmm. Like they have aisles of food. <laughs> you can get some good stuff in there. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that. It's also so while you're in there, while you're in there uh, disgusted about toilets and plungers and everything you get upset about go grab yourself some cereal in the back and make yourself feel better all right you'd never think of menards as the place to go buy cereal it's another way that tony has uh, has really delivered another public service to the people i have something for you guys so being a fan each of us have grown up we grew up in in the Chicagoland area, uh, fans of different teams, but we're all now in sports media. And I think the question I get asked most often that I'm assuming you guys get asked too is, what is it like to not be a fan anymore? Because I think it's one thing that people, it's hard for people to fathom, like you've grown up to root for a specific team and now you can't. And what's that's like? So, I wanted to ask you guys, what was that experience like when you said, all right, I'm in sports media now and I'm no longer a fan of a team. And was it hard for you? I think for me, it was more about the people, about the players at first than the teams, because I started covering NBA when I was in college and I was like 19 or 20. So you're covering guys that you were watching on TV when you were a child. Scotty Pippen was still in the league, for example, when I was covering the NBA or when I first started covering the NBA back in 2001. When I say covering or 2000, wait, what would have been 2003, maybe when I say covering, I don't mean like the way, you know, a real beat writer does it. I was writing for the college paper and it was a great opportunity, but still just being around those guys that like Scottie Pippen that you watched when you were a kid, you, I think for all of us that get started in this business, one of the first things you have to get over is being starstruck by talking to these people. And that, I mean, we'd all like to say that we're not, but I'd have a hard time believing anybody that said that they're not. I I think that takes a little while to bleed that out of you. It's easier now because now I'm old. I'm older than all these guys for one (laughs) and uh, for two. Like I didn't. So because of that, I didn't grow up watching any of these guys. There's very few people that I would feel that way about now having done this for 16 or 17 years and being so far removed from watching players and watching the games as a kid which is when you're really in that fantasy world um, i think yeah tony go ahead no um well I, i'm not a i'm not a beat writer i have covered games 
uh, for a bunch of different sports. Um, and Jason's right, you, you, the, the starstruck factor. But the weird thing is, like, for me, it wasn't really the athletes per se that I was starstruck by. It was the beat writers <laughs> and uh, the national beat writers that will come in and I'll be like, oh, man, I see you on TV. Oh, man, I read your work every day. Like sports is sports. Like I played sports. We all played sports. Like I've been on the court with, you know, some NBA players and, you know, like, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, basketball is basketball. So I just kind of figured sports is sports. Uh, but the really it was the, the the writers and the broadcasters that really starstruck me so um and and the part where you said uh when did i stop becoming a fan like in my current like position and role of of producers it's difficult because i have to kind of be on both sides like i really have to understand where the fans are coming from from an entertainment standpoint no matter how silly or ridiculous a a fan statement might be i still need to take that into account um in how i produce podcasts or whatever that i'm doing uh but i also have to be you know super informed on what's going on and also be objective uh in, in some of this stuff so um it, it it's a difficult balance uh it works for some teams and others uh but you know it works i feel like that's the perspective that you're coming at it from russ you're talking more about covering a team that you grew up a fan of yeah what, but what's I, that experience I mean, I mean, been like a- for you um, yeah. So two things. One, I was just going to say like for Tony, Tony covered the bulls. And so obviously Tony grew up watching, right. You know, ben Gordon and Kirk Heinrich, like I did. And so like that, that is so crazy. Different... You guys talk about that group as the group from your childhood. That's crazy. To me. <laughs> Can't help it, man. I, kept, um, I just yeah, thought I like think... the natural cadence of what you were saying was going to be Jordan Pippen Rodman. And then it was these guys that just played yesterday. <laughs> Sorry. I can't, I can't help you out on that. Um, but I, I think for me, it hasn't been, you learn very quickly that it, it's not what you think it is, right? My, the way I watch sports, not just even baseball, which I cover, the way I watch sports is different now than I watched them as a fan. And once you take those glasses off and put on your reporter glasses, it's an entirely different world because there's things that you know that most fans don't know. There's things about this that fans don't know. And there's things about that that fans don't know where your understanding of how the whole thing works is completely different. And so I think that's one thing where it's like, I don't even watch sports the same anymore. No. And to that point, like, I'm not even, I don't even miss it. Like, I don't necessarily miss being a fan because I feel like I appreciate, I'll say, I appreciate baseball way more objectively than I did when I was just a meatball fan years and years ago. Like, even though I'm I'm 26 right now, I say the last time I was an actual, like, quote unquote fan was when I was 19 or 20. It's hard to be a fan of the, team you're covering or the thing you're covering actively it's easier it's probably easier for you russ to well it's probably never easy being a bears fan but you you probably have that fan experience more with the teams that you're not covering the bears the bulls the blackhawks i think for me when i started out my career i was in miami and that made things pretty clear cut i didn't have any allegiance because i grew up in chicago i went down and was covering the dolphins and the florida gators and the miami heat and i was a neutral party in all those cases and i think that 
is probably easier. But I will say even coming back here and being back here the last few years covering the Hawks and then the Bears, I think you can be a fan of the team. I, I don't mind saying that these are the teams I grew up with. These are the teams I'd like to see do well. Uh, but even with like wanting to see those teams do well, I'm a pretty hard grader. And I think my growing up with some of those teams makes me a hard grader on them, makes me uh, critical because I want them to be better than they are. Now it's time for a Chicago Bears segment we call. This is fine. I'm okay with the events that are unfolding currently. Everything's fine. That's okay. Things are going to be okay. Russ, you ready for a Bears update? I am not, but go ahead. Oh, you're (laughs) never ready for them because they're never good. Don't worry, everything's fine. Now that the San Francisco 49ers have traded up to number three in the NFL draft, Russ, it is virtually impossible for the Bears to get a quarterback in the first round. That's a disgusting sentence. Repeat that for the people out there so they know how bad their Chicago Bears manage this thing. Virtually impossible. Now, this is everything's fine. Everything's fine. They're good at quarterback. But that being said, it is now virtually impossible for them to get a quarterback in the first round of the upcoming draft. I'm not going to I'm not going to go off too much. I'm just going to say this. Your GM of the Chicago Bears, Ryan Pace, said when he got to Chicago, he believes in drafting a quarterback every year and proceeded to draft one in almost a decade. Back to what we were talking about, being a fan. You know, you know, when you were when we were first talking about being a fan of players and being starstruck when you're first starting out, I thought back to Scottie Pippen was playing with the Bulls. This was his second stint with the Bulls when Battle. I was first covering the NBA. And Scottie Pippen was the only player, maybe the only player even since, but he was definitely the first player I ever saw drinking a beer in the locker room. And he was just, he was sitting there at his locker down in a can of Budweiser and flipping back and forth from left hand to right hand, a rolled up rubber banded ball of hundred dollar bills. That's, that sounds pretty Scotty. Like, um, it does. Yeah. It's, I think for me, the, the entire, uh, fan experience I think you're right to go back to your your point before <laughs> everything's fine. I I don't for me I didn't grow up rooting for the Cubs, right? So for everybody out there, ooh, cats out the bag. I grew up a White Sox fan. But to me, I I'm not a fan of any baseball team anymore. Like because I write about baseball, that part of my life is kind of over where I enjoy I root for stories and storylines. I root for yes. good people to do well. And I think it's kind of the same thing in the other sports. I have a little bit more leeway, I guess you could say, where it comes to, I think with the Bears, I'm kind of a uh, an optimistic observer. I'd call myself that, not a fan, because I, I'm like you, where it's like I'm very critical of them because they hold themselves up to be this cornerstone of the NFL and they don't act as such. So That's what I'd want, yeah. by the way. As a fan, as a reader, as a listener, as a viewer, I want somebody, if I'm a, really a fan of that team, I want the truth. I want to know if it's bad. I want to know why it's bad and how you're going to fix it. 
why the people aren't doing the things that will fix it. That's what I want. I don't want somebody telling me, hey, this is going great when it's not. I'll, I disagree with you in this regard. And Tony, I, I'll, I'll let you hop in there. Um, I don't know if you should be a fan of, I know you said you can be a fan of the team that you cover. Some people do. I don't, I don't think you can. I, I think if you were a fan of that team, that part of you kind of has to die. Like you can't, because I, I, you see it out here. Like you see people who cover the team that are fans of the team openly like they're out here giving it up about how they love the team and i don't i don't know i think you do yourself a disservice because you you fall under this um umbrella of being a uh, an objective journalist but you don't present objective journalists so i think that's where it lies so i think with broadcasters it might be different but i think if you call yourself a journalist there has to be some level of objectivity where the lines aren't blurred between if you're a fan or if you're a media member. For me, I want all of them to do good and do really well, just because if they do good, people will consume more content. And when they don't do good, I have to talk to them and address them until they are good. So I, I think, I actually, I think along with Jason, I, come, I may come off a bit harsher because, you know, I have seen this team, these teams, local teams growing up. And I want them to do well, but now it's for a different purpose. Now it's, it's strictly selfishly <laughs> because I've seen the yeah. numbers and stuff when teams are doing well. And that's when people are the happiest is when their teams are doing good. So if teams are lying to fans and uh, making, them, making things seem better than what they actually are, like you got to call them out on it. Like you have to. Like I think from that angle, I think it, it can work depending on how you are as a person, right? If you know, as an individual, no matter what, you're going to root for this team, then you probably shouldn't be a journalist at this. But if you spin it as I like this team so much that what they're doing is awful in ruining this, this organization. And this is all the bad things that they're doing that prevents them from doing well and being well. I think there's, I think those are the two ways you can handle being a, a fan of a team and covering the team that you are a fan of. I think that's you a, um, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I think that's a, an interesting way to, to look at it. Cause I do think that those, that's a correct perspective. I just think sometimes the, what you give off that affects credibility. And for, we all know from what we do, like credibility is everything. And for people to know, cause like people in our, our business talks about like who's what and, I know perception is sometimes not reality, but you know, if if you're giving off this fan energy, whether it's on social media or on TV or whatever, like people are going to think that's what you are. And so sometimes you have to uh, be able to just have this clear cut, like, look, I'm going to have fun with this and I, I'm, I want people to enjoy this. But at the same time, like I have a job to do and I have to like have these clear cut lines. I, I do have a question for both of you guys, because, I mean, in today's time, like, well, to, to your point, Russ, who are the people you are you're, you're talking about that you are? I think the audience is different because you yeah. see now more audience people want a pseudo fan covering their team because that they feel like they're getting the real and not 
from you know the franchise spin on you know everything um like uh, for example bill simmons has made an empire being a fan of his teams and being honest of him being a fan of his teams um i think there is a a proper balance that you can and i think it depends like I want a wide range of people covering the teams. I want some people that have that are that were fans, that are fans, that are completely objective. I want every single scope covered in that in that room, interviewing, talking to players and talking to to coaches. That's just me because that's how I get the full scope of everything that's going on with the team. Um, a person that is separated from the team in terms of not being a fan of that team or whatever, like Sometimes they may miss something. I don't want anything missed in terms of my coverage. So I think every every viewpoint you know matters, and, and there's different audiences for different folks. One of the areas that, you go one of the areas where you, I think, do have to fight being a fan is not even really about what teams you grew up for. For me, it's more people, and you become a fan of certain people. You'd love to be perfectly objective all the time, but the fact is, you're going to cover some people, coaches, players executives, whatever, you're going to cover some that you really like, and you're going to cover some that you just really don't like. And you have to be able to sort that out and be fair with somebody. You have to cover somebody that you don't really care for personally uh, or don't get along with personally in a fair way. That shouldn't shade your coverage. Like people should not get a slanted product from me because me and Trey Burton just don't really get along for some reason. And I wrote columns defending Trey Burton because even though Trey Burton, the former bears tight end uh, and I didn't really click. And this goes back to when I covered him at university of Florida, I felt like he deserved to be defended. And that's what you have to do. That's the job. The job is to give uh, an objective, fair opinion because nobody cares whether him and I get along. They only care about the part that they see because it's irrelevant really. And man, I see this happen. This is a, a little bit of a tangent, but I've seen this happen a lot. This, this makes me irate that the football writers vote for the Hall of Fame because I'm sure there are some who take it very seriously, but I have firsthand seen some that will not vote for a guy for the Hall of Fame because the guy wouldn't give them good interviews or was rude to them or whatever. And it's, it's crazy to me to think of someone spending their entire career working to play football, damaging their body to play football, fighting for every inch of their career. And with the goal of winning a championship and going to the hall of fame, being just the top of the mountain. And then someone would deny you that because you didn't really like them. They didn't really get along with you. But aside from that, I mean, I do find myself rooting for people. Sometimes I will probably always be happy to see Billy Donovan do well because I covered him when he was the coach at Florida and just had a great relationship with him. Think really highly of him as a person and as a professional and we'll always enjoy Billy Donovan doing well. I enjoyed the last few years of Dwayne Wade's career. I, I loved seeing him get that uh, farewell tour with the All-Star Game his final year because that was a guy that I just came to really enjoy uh, personally and professionally the way he played. So that you find yourself, I mean, I think you'd find this, Russ, like if you, let's say, let's say that you were a Cub, that you did grow up a Cubs fan. Mm-hmm. Every Cubs fan is going to be upset if Anthony Rizzo leaves. Correct. But you might find yourself, if you like Anthony Rizzo, kind of happy for him if he leaves into a good situation, if he leaves into a place 
where he likes to play, where he's getting the money that he, that he wanted, you'd be personally kind of happy for him. I, I think uh, I'm going to answer your question first and answer Tony's. Yeah. I, I think I have no, no problem with enjoying the people that you cover. Cause I, I do think rooting for good people. I don't think that that's a pro- There's a problem with that. Like people who are good people and do well, like, cool. Like that's great. I think to answer Tony's question, there's just a, such a fine line with having a pseudo fan cover a team because there are going to be some things that you're blinded by. And sometimes I've seen it where you have a media member who is a pseudo fan and never say anything negative about a team. And I think that's an issue because I don't think that's telling the full story. Um, I'm not saying that you should, everything should be negative about a team, but you need to be, it's always has to be a hundred percent honest about the team. Yeah. And I mean, you can't let it bleed. You can't let the fact that you like Billy Donovan, for example, bleed into excusing everything that Billy Donovan ever gets wrong. Right. Right. And, but I'm, I'm just saying like, I've seen it where regardless of what happens, there's always this positive spin on things instead of a logical, realistic, like opinion and, analysis of things and i think that's where the coverage suffers and that's when you have people looking at you like "Mm, is this a media member or is this a fan so that's that's a a fine i don't even think it's as fine i think it's pretty clear cut uh one side or the other and i know for me personally at a really young age in this business it was like all right that part of my life is over and i still enjoy these i think i enjoy sports more now than I ever did as a fan because I have a clear view without the sunglasses of fandom. Hey, this is Jason Leisure. No matter which Chicago team you love most, Obvious Shirts has smart, funny, high-quality shirts that look great. Spring's the perfect time to pick one out. Baseball season is underway. You've got Mother's Day and Father's Day coming up. And regardless of all that, it's finally T-shirt season after all these months of being inside, wearing hoodies and sweaters. That's why you need to hit up Obvious Shirts. It's Chicago-owned and operated since 2015. Obvious Shirts is for fans, by fans. Like I said, they have something for every team in town. My favorite one is the Baseball Needs More Tim Anderson's White Sox shirt. That one's cool, but you can pick out plenty of other ones. Bulls, Cubs, Illinois. They have tons of different options on there. Their unique and creative designs are going to make you stand out. Go to ObviousShirts.com and use promo code ADJACENT10. If you don't know how to spell adjacent, this is a really good time for you to learn. I'll spell it for you right now. A-D-J-A-C-E-N-T. And then add the number 10 at the end of that. It's all one word, adjacent 10, to receive 10% off next time you order at obviousshirts.com. You should go get one right now. Obvious Shirts, words on shirts. I have a great basketball topic that I want to talk to you about, Russ. All right, let's let's get it. This of all the trades that flew around in the NBA trade at the NBA trade deadline, I know that everybody's interested in what the Bulls did. I loved Aaron Gordon getting traded from the Magic to the Nuggets, and here's why: he changed his number from zero double zero with the Magic to fifty with the Nuggets. And do you know why? I do know why. Inform the uh, inform the audience that might not know. What a grudge, man! This is amazing. He. Chose 50 because he is still mad, Tony, about losing the dunk contest to Zach Levine five years ago. Do you remember this one, Tony? I do. Can you uh, give us like a 30-second recap or analysis of that 
dunk contest. And I guarantee you, Aaron Gordon will be listening to this when he sees it in the episode description because he has not let this go. Yeah, so uh, I think he may be more angry about his his more recent loss mm -hmm. uh, to in Chicago uh, to uh, I think um, Derek Jones Jr. I think was yeah correct yeah Derek Jones correct. Jr. and um, for some reason Dwayne Wade and Candace Parker kind of conspired against him uh, to make sure the Miami Heat came away with uh, the dunk contest trophy. That year, and that stung him a, uh, a bit. I mean, he made a song about it. Saw you in the hallway, you say young and put on a show. Didn't know that's the cold pair you're about to get rolled. Even Adam Silver told me I deserve the gold. I don't know why this is bothering him so much. Like, nobody cares about dunk contests like that. You know, but I will, weird. I'll, I'll say this. It, one, he has, he, one, he has the most uh, 50s in the history of the dunk contest. I'll give him that. Two, he has two of the best dunk contests I've ever seen in my lifetime. Uh, so it's it probably go he him and Zach the when they had that dunk off in the first one that might have been the best dunk contest in the history of dunk contests. Like I know people will argue um, Jordan and, and Dominique um, and then Vince Carter, but that might have been the best one in the last twenty years. But at the same time, come on, bro. Like, yeah, you should have won at least one of them, but it's kind of corny to keep holding on to it like that. Like, it's not like you lost an NBA title and that's why you changed your number because y'all lost by two, but you're mad you lost a dunk contest. Like, well, right, Yeah, bro. Russ, these are the things that you worry about when you don't win NBA titles. <laughs> yeah, like... What, which <laughs> dunk contest is he mad about? Do I have my Aaron Gordon dunk contest mix, mixed up? Is he, is he mad about multiple dunk contests where he got a 50? I think I he's think more mad about the the second one, not the one with Zach, because the one with him and okay. Zach, it could have gone either way. So he's mad about the, the one, one from with a year ago. Jones, yeah, the one that it was in Chicago where Derrick Jones beat him, he should have won it, and I, I think he's more upset because everybody knows he should have won it. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I get it. You can be upset. You can be mad at D Wade. Whether it's you know, but like once you make a a, a song about it that wasn't good, and once you like do this whole got this whole rollout of why you changed, come on, man. Come he on. had last year, he had a 20 minute documentary style video. About it. Is that that's is that what you guys are talking about as a song? I, I saw know. this thing where it's like black and no, white. So I, there's a, there's a documentary. Up. They're showing there's behind the scenes footage of him practicing for it. I mean, this no, means a lot to him. There's a documentary called Mr. 50 about it. And then there's also he made a rap song dissing D Wade and all like it's it's completely unnecessary. It's kind <laughs> that's of that's amazing. Something else that's completely unnecessary, but it's something we have to talk about. So I got verified the other day for the first time. And mm, how's I want to, I would, it feels great because it's something that is super trivial, but for people in the, in, especially in sports media, it's kind of important. And Twitter is so weird because it doesn't matter. It, I could, I probably, I'd argue that I should have had it years ago and you get salty because you see people that have like 10 followers, but have the blue check. And it's like, bro, how in the hell do you have this? And so then you're just like, dang, am I, am I tripping out on something that's not important? 
but I've learned like with algorithms and different things like that, like it does help to have it because it helps your engagement, helps the the following stuff. And then through that, like it helps everything else. But no, I, I woke up on Sunday morning and usually I have a lot of Twitter notifications in the morning anyway. So I look over my phone and I'm like, I'm on Twitter and I go to notifications and I see like a Twitter emblem. And so I'm like, yeah, what is this? So I click on it and it said, uh, Twitter verified it follow you. And it's just like the angelic angel singing <laughs> it's just like in the background because I'm like, oh my God, like I've waited all this time and it finally happened. So nah, man, it, it feels pretty good. Like it feels like I've joined the VIP of Twitter. I, I can't go back to regular Twitter life. Like I've been verified. You know what I'm saying? I, I got verified twice. Uh, I had to change my Twitter avi because I no longer worked at the score. So I got verified again. But in that like month span of not being verified, I hated Twitter. You got you saw every notification like it just cleans up like everything like not to this is like the 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 I know people hate listening to people talk about oh how good it is to be verified on Twitter yes it's really bad no it's crazy like I didn't even know like you get a whole new column on in the app where it's just like mm-hmm. all notifications mentions verified where it's like only people who are verified you see those notifications I'm like yo this is crazy. But it's also great. So I know you guys have been in the cool. Russ, you, you realize you started this whole conversation with. I know this is trivial, but <laughs> no, no. But I, and that's and that's and then why you described so, it in a in a way in which I could imagine a single tear streaming down your face when you saw this the other morning. <laughs> but the, and that's the thing about it. Like it shouldn't matter to me. Like I've been a reputable reporter in the city of Chicago almost since I during I, when I was in college. But not having that check, it does like mentally, psycho- uh, psychologically, it does something to you, which it shouldn't. I'm not saying it should, but it does. And the fact that like, think about it. The, in the last year, I've added almost 10,000 followers. I've broken news and still couldn't get verified. So you can see how like annoying that is. We have like Joe Schmo, you know, faking like he's breaking trades and whatever, you know, but it's like, here I am. I'm like, no, this is this is like real stuff. So I don't know, man. I, I can't explain it. And I don't want to come off as that that guy. But I'm just explaining oh, it's too late people. for that. I'm just explaining to the this, people. This segment how- is titled Twitter finally recognizes Russ's greatness. You know who shouldn't be verified <laughs> is Tony. Tony should not be verified. There's been a lot of hijinks. No. There's, been a lot, there's been a lot of discrepancy with Tony's Twitter account. Broken news. Hey. It is highly questionable who's really running that. Account. What happened with your account this past year where you got suspended? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now he, now he remembers there's some talking, shady story about his Twitter. Tony, for real? No, no, uh, my what Twitter, happened? My, it got locked. My Twitter got locked. I got locked out. I got hacked. So, yeah. Wow. So I, I was uh after a month, like for a month, for, yeah, I was off Twitter for a bit. Uh, But, yeah, what do you mean? Jason, I broke news, legit news before in my career. I deserve to be verified. Do you remember? I agree. I agree. Like, all right, but all right. Just, now I got to flex a little bit. So now go ahead. The uh, the one news that I did break was Jimmy. Well, it was a part of a bigger story and a bigger narrative about Jimmy Butler uh, in Philadelphia, where 
Jimmy was not liking what's going on, what was going on in Philly. So if you remember, there was a game they played in Chicago where they all left the floor and they had to come back to replay like the final like second. I was covering the game. I was covering that game for fours back then. Yeah. So um, as they're going back out, uh, leaving the court the first time, right? Jimmy's yelling, screaming, right? Angry about because they lost the game. Yeah. And they were, they were letting on by the officials that they're going to come out and replay that final possession. And Jimmy says, so loud enough for Brett Brown to hear him, we better come up with a better bleeping play than that. So I tweeted out what that was. And the next day, all of ESPN is running with it. It was, it was fantastic. It was the greatest day of my media career because it was literally in everybody's A block on everybody's show on ESPN. It was lit. But the only thing I did regret was I was still kind of super tro- – like, I'm trolly Tony on Twitter, but I was super trolly oh, oh, we know. back in the day. <laughs> so, like, I didn't have my picture up as my avatar. It was my friend Nick Shepkowski oddly staring at Javier Baez at Cubs convention was my Twitter Abby at the time. So, so that's what got promoted on ESPN. Oh my gosh. That's a, that's a Tony Gill type of story, man. Tony <laughs> gets famous that, and no one knows what he looks like. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Nobody knows. Perfect. Everybody thinks Nick, Nick Shepkowski. Shout out to my guy, Shep. <laughs> and, and, he's got, and, and he's got in his Twitter handle, the place he used to work. Right. <laughs> You should definitely always, when you start a Twitter account and listen closely to this uh, young people who are who have yet to open a Twitter account, uh, always put exactly where you work at that time because that'll never change. I'm surprised it didn't say Tony Whitecastle or something like that. That's actually kind of lit. Tony Whitecastle <laughs> would be kind of cold. I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, yeah, so I, I'm 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 glad to share that story with you guys, and I just want everybody out there to know, like I'm I'm not gonna change because I'm verified now, like. It's the same, oh, Russ. Thank goodness. Oh, I'm so worried um, about that now that you're famous, Russ. Although you can talk to my assistant uh, for for booking info, you go to. Uh, <laughs> now I'm just playing, but yeah, nothing changes. It's just he nice. knows it's trivial, guys. He knows. You're a sports fan, right? Of course you are. That's probably why you're listening to this podcast, and that's why you need to hit up Obvious Shirts. Owned and operated since 2015, Obvious Shirts is for fans by fans. No matter what team in town you cheer for, they have something for you. Featuring unique and creative designs, they'll help you stand out in any ballpark. Go to ObviousShirts.com and use promo code ADJACENT10. That's promo code ADJACENT10 to receive 10% off your next purchase. Obvious Shirts. Words on shirts. <laughs> All right, so I Jason Leisure always uh, likes to ask me about things that are going on in uh the world of young people. So I thought it would be, it'd be right. really good to have a reverse of ask an old person. Tony, do we have uh, music for that? And now it's time for ask an old person. How many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? I love the young people. Yo, is that the great Gatsby? I love no. That's that was a a clip from SpongeBob, which is great. I Tony. Well, no, I that's think the music I, was from The Great Gatsby, wasn't it? It was definitely swingy. Oh, um, I just typed in old 
people music and then that's what so, came and up. Tony, that's what's playing in my house just 24-7. That's like my theme <laughs> Yo, song. Yeah. That right. is why when we write out the checks for Tony Gill each month, I don't get upset because he comes up with quality production like that. <laughs> so this weekend, ask an old person, Jason Leisure, I want to ask you this. What age were you when you realized you were not, could not do the athletic things that you used to do? Oh, there was never any use to do, man. There was never any use to do. The The highlight of my, the best years of my sports playing career was probably, oh, man, maybe like age 12 and 13 or 13 and 14. And it was brief, man. That was it. I was good at baseball for one year of my entire, well, good at hitting, I should say. I could pitch a little bit, but I was good at baseball for one year. And it was the year when I was a kid. I don't know if this is still how people play baseball now, but you, you could tell me, Russ. But there were there was this rule basically of don't ever let kids throw curveballs until they turn 13 because it'll hurt their arms. I don't know if people still believe that, if that was a myth, if there's science behind that or not. So basically it's like once you turn 13, it's like getting your driver's license for a curveball. Let's throw those right. curveballs. Everybody wants to throw those curveballs. And guess what? Everyone's horrible at it at 13. Yeah. So someone like me that can't catch up with a fastball, just sit there and just rake on these floating non-curving curveballs. It was the best. It was like playing video games. It was the best baseball year of my life. And then the very next year I went right back to sucking. And the highlight of my basketball career was playing at a Christian school at Westminster Christian, uh, being on what would basically be the B team of this middle school where we didn't really have an A and a B team, but it was pretty clear. Like some of us were going to play a lot less against the good teams. <laughs> right. And the best shot I hit, man, the best shot I hit, I got to tell you about this shot, nailed this three-pointer in the final seconds, and we won by 29 points. <laughs> so it wasn't like a game. See, the funny part about that, you set it up like it was a buzzer beater, and y'all were up by 26 already, and he just made it 29. Um, yeah, it was okay. a buzzer beater, though. It was a buzzer beater. So some dad out there who was betting on kids basketball was <laughs> upset with him. He got a bad, a bad Westminster Christian game. <laughs> right, no, so where what, where it really like, happens though, Russ, is when you get older and you see how easy it is to get hurt. At least that's what it's been for me. Like you'll go out and play, um, you know, football, just kind of like two hand touch football with your friends or something like that in your thirties or pick up basketball. And you, you already know bare minimum the next day, you're going to have a hard time, like getting out of your car. Because your hamstrings are just going to, your legs are just going to be shot. See, okay. let alone, let alone that you could injure, you could have an actual injury eight different ways. See, that's what I was going to ask you because I, I know Tony does this too, or it's definitely pre pandemic. Like Tony would play pickup basketball. I played twice a week before the pandemic. And it was just like, I, I tore an Achilles playing basketball and still play basketball as often as I can, run sometimes do two or day workouts where it's just like, I'm, I'm not concerned. Like it's not even in my mind. Oh, you could get hurt. But for you, like that's the, that's the full scope of why you don't do these things anymore. You, you could get hurt playing with your kids now. And I don't mean like a real injury, probably playing with your kids, but you will get to where it's like, Oh, I pulled a hamstring and you'll be walking around kind of with like a dead hamstring. You'd be like, what, what is that from? And, and the sad thing is you won't be able to think of anything that you did. Do you, do you do, do, do like recovery? Yeah, I do when I have time, but I don't, you know, it's hard to, it's hard enough just to find 30 minutes to get a run in, let alone 
sit there and and do the foam roller and the uh, the Normatec boots and all that stuff. All right. Well, this has been Ask an Old Person with 75-year-old Jason Luther. Russ, the show's getting better. I liked it. I liked the first episode, and it has continually got better. I'm liking it. I think people... Uh, I think people have enjoyed getting to know you a lot more. I think people know that Tony's crazy, but I think the fact that they know like where your mind goes yes. and where his mind goes and where my mind goes when we're all together. Yeah. And it is chaos, but a controlled chaos <laughs> that we can bottle up into, you know, an hour, 15 minutes. I always, we, we kind of just, freewheel a little bit on here but i always come in with a list of things we could talk about do you want to hear the things we didn't get to because uh because we had to do a whole segment on you getting verified yeah <laughs> let's talk about the things that just miss getting an actual right. segment instead of i got verified talk about me uh <laughs> let's get it russ the blackhawks have fallen apart again the nfl is finalizing a 17th game that's going to be bears raiders uh, the Cubs are back to alienating their most important players. So that's interesting. And also ex Chicago bear Rashad coward. He's gone to the Steelers. Now This is an offensive lineman, kind of a little known offensive lineman for the bears started some games over the last couple of years. He goes to the Steelers. This news was broken by somebody who was playing call of duty with his wife or something. And uh, if you're hearing some hesitancy in my voice, that's why we're about to play. Ask a young person. It's time for your favorite game. Russ, my question for ask a young person this week is mm-hmm. what? That That's it. What? <laughs> All right. I'm going to try to answer that as best as I can. I don't understand what happened here. All right. So. I, uh, from what I understood, Rashad Coward's wife was playing Call of Duty, which is pretty cool. Sure, all and, wives do that. So, <laughs> so Ashley's upstairs yeah, while you got here. Yeah, who knows what the kids are doing? My wife's upstairs playing Call of Duty right now. Yeah, kids are you know tearing up the house, and Ashley's just right headphones on playing Call of Duty. My kids are but playing their own version of Call of Duty in the hallway with you know nerds right with with them each other. Yeah. Um. So apparently, his wife was playing Call of Duty, and obviously, when you for everybody out there, a lot of the like serious gamers have these headsets, right? Where you can talk to people, you can talk to your little platoon or squadron or whatever you want to call it, and you're talking about whatever, like. For everybody out there, call back to our first episode. This is where uh, Myers Leonard got in trouble saying some outlandish anti-Semitic things. Uh, yes. uh, so same same premise, but without the whole uh, anti-Semitic part. Yeah. So they're talking, and well, fun she, overhearing. Yeah, yeah no, this one is way more fun than that. Right. Uh, right. She she unknowingly like leaks the information about where Shad Coward is signing that he was not going to be back in Chicago. He's going to sign with the Steelers. And it was on like Reddit or something. And then Ian Rappaport kind of broke the, but not broke the news, but he tweeted about it today. And somebody pointed out to him that somebody on Reddit pointed out that his wife had broken the news playing Call of Duty. So yeah, that's how that happened. The last time I was playing video games, this is why it's confusing to me. The last time I was playing video games, it was Mario Kart. It was Nintendo 64. And I had to ask my mom if it was okay. 
So I, are people just playing Call of Duty like all day, all the time? Do I are you playing Call of Duty during this? I don't have time to play video games as much as I used to. So the last time I I was like a a video game like addict in college where me and my roommate before he dropped out to become a comedian, uh, we were known on ORU's campus for our 2K games. So people would come from different dorms, different rooms, whatever. Athletes would come by and play 2K with us. And it was cool because, like, for me, I covered sports. I knew all these people already, and it was a fun time. But, like, since I started writing, I barely have time to do our pods. I don't have time to play games like that anymore, especially when we're traveling and things like that. I know Tony is, though. I mean, how does it work, though, that I, I guess I get online and I'm playing Call of Duty and I could end up playing with Aaron Rodgers or something. Possibly. And I, and I could hear in the background, like them renegotiating his contract. How does this, this is just normal. Like these athletes, that's, these that's what they do. Somebody. Like they, they play, you know, like I got a lot of guys you play or you have practice, especially in the NBA where like you have practice, then you have like a, a lot of time in the afternoon, guys go home, they play in the game. You know, you, you and they put their gamer tags out there, like, yo, play me in whatever. Like, a lot of guys advertise it, put it on their Instagram and live stream it. That's a big thing now. And yeah, so you that you could definitely play games with celebrities. Um, I think it's cool because I think that that makes guys seem more normal. Like, I don't want to say normal, like they're not. Well, but like, I think it's a reach for them people. to do something normal, like for them. Like they got to go out, answer questions in front of cameras, perform in front of all these thousands of people. And this is a way for them to find an escape that's not illegal and won't right. get them in trouble if, if, unless you say something like Myers Leonard did. Um, but it should all just be a good fun and good time. And Zach Levine has a Twitch stream and like a lot of players, a lot of athletes have um Twitch streams and 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 go live on while they play video games just because it's an outlet for them to feel like this is, this is what normal people do. Like I can connect with people, but also have like a safe space where like, I'm actually not engaging with people. It's only, they only want to play with you me. Don't have my cell phone good number. or bad at this game. Tony, have you ever played with a famous person? Uh, video games? No. 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 I mean, that fell, that fell flat. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I still I don't think I totally understand it, but I get it enough that we can move on, Russ. All right. Well, I'm very happy with the way that, like you said, our our podcast is going. I want to thank everybody out there for listening and sharing. Uh, you guys have have really helped this thing grow. It's one of the reasons that Obvious Shirts wanted to be a sponsor for us, um, because they see the vision for what we're doing. Joe sees the vision for what we're doing. And we, we enjoy and appreciate, you know, all the positive feedback, make sure you continue to go and listen, whether it's on iTunes or you're listening on Spotify, give us five stars, subscribe, share subscribe. the pod. Subscribe, somebody subscribe, subscribe. That's the big sure. one. Five stars. Give us a, a review on iTunes. Like you, that does a lot for placement of the podcast that helps us grow that helps us get more sponsors so we can continue to bring great coverage to you guys. Um, but no, we, we really appreciate what you guys have helped us do over this now month of podcasts. Like we've reached a month of doing this. 
It's it's like a dating relationship. Like you celebrate every month that you make it. We're going to be so happy when it's two months and three months. Eventually, though, I hope you stop counting the months. You can't stop counting. When you're that successful, I think then you do at some point. Nope. I'm I'm telling you, look at like the the successful pods out there. It's episode 485. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like you just keep it rolling. Do you still want reviews if they're just going to be about Tony stealing the show? Like, are you going to be okay with that? You seemed upset about that. I would. I was upset about the first one because <laughs> it was just like, how dare that dude? But no, I, I'm not even mad because Tony is uh, the star, uh, secret star of this podcast, even though uh, you and I started it. So Tony, no, Tony, give cool. us your review. Tell us what you would write under your burner account name. Um, what, as a review? Yeah, as a review for the show. Let's say you're under a burner account. What would you, what would you review the show? Oh, man, the show is, sounds excellently produced. Um, I'm really enjoying the conversation uh, but I think I think the secret sauce is that that guy Tony Gill I think he really blends the the two voices together so my favorite part is when Tony is eating a bag of chips and his dogs are barking in the background (laughs) oh you guys heard that (laughs) so much for that pristine quality that you were talking about the audio so for me Russ Dorsey for Jason Leisure for the guy who's called himself the, the secret sauce of this uh big Mac of a pod. We appreciate oh my god. You gonna be able to get through this, Russ? No, I, I'm trying. Thank you guys. <laughs> we holler at you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms. I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You adjacent to the mother For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.